check, 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 one, two, check, one, two. Miami on the Rocks, Casey Chops. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at MIA on the Rocks. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Today's guest, I got a legend in here. I don't like using that word loosely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got a legend in the music industry game, engineers. And the audio engineer is a vital part of the process and making music, I believe it often gets slept on. So I like to bring engineers and producers here more so than actual artists um, and highlight, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that goes on in the music. And uh, we have all type of listeners here. And for the people that don't know, you know, you have a producer that makes music and then you have the audio engineer. That's the guy that makes the song sound like the way it make it it makes the song sound like a song after it's recorded and 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 they're responsible for all the sonics and 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 all the th the sounds and and things that make music what music is i got the legend lou diaz in here how are you sir good brother. good to, to see you again bro yeah it's been a minute wow bro you're yo you're a legend <laughs> in, no, I appreciate in music bro. oh man listen in music in general bro i appreciate that bro um let's just start off by you know establishing your track record and how important you are. Real quick, just run off some Damn, names of no, the people you, that you've worked with. I, I'm not that guy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, no, we, gotta, just, we talk I, our shit on this podcast, bro. <laughs> no, I've been doing it for a minute. That's what it is. You know, it's just, I always tell people, man, you do something for a lifetime, it, it just it accumulates, you know? So I, just, I was just fortunate enough to be part of like the whole Miami scene as it grew around me. You know what I mean? Can you, can you, can yeah. you, let's drop some names so people, <laughs> the average person can, you know. I mean, dog. So, I, I'm, I'm about I'm a five Grammy nominations, three Grammys in, and about 52 platinums and, and gold records. So I've been doing it for a while, and you know that that doesn't include a lot of people like from Khaled, Pitt, you know, and the list just goes on. People, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're gonna get into your story. We're gonna get into everything because you have a long history of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of you know in your career. For sure. Um, as far as music goes, bro. Mm. Um, when did this start for you? Because I first heard of Lou Diaz during when I was in high school during the Pitbull era, the, right. the Diaz brothers. Right, right, right. And and you were making all the beats and all the music for Pitbull back in the day. You right. made, you know, uh, you know, from Ichiko, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All, all that. All that. Yeah, John too. Yeah, we right. had a crew going at the time, but yeah, we pretty much were the ones that like nurtured all the music, brought producers in too, because you know Jim Johnson worked on the project, Lil John. Right. We brought people in, but yeah, the, Where the does original it, start for you? it doesn't start there, right? Obviously, no, oh, I was no, legit, yeah, so. dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. So nah, I mean, I, I was on it for. Shit, I want to say, like, I started as like, a musician. I was like in a band, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then my brother was, is five years younger than me. So we both had sort of like a different musical influence mm -hmm. as we were coming up. So by the time I was doing the whole band, like I set out to be a drummer. I was going to be a drummer in a rock band. That was basically my, my, my you know, my thing for music. Mm -hmm. And that morphed into like, you know, sound and shit. It was a long story. Born in Miami? Uh, no, no, I was born in Santiago, Chile. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I came, yeah. I came here when I was eight years old. Okay. So, yeah, pretty much I was born and raised here. Um... So then my brother and I, once we started doing music together, like my brother got old enough and he was like, he had the hip hop bug and, you know, back then was bass and mm -hmm. freestyle music and all that shit. Um, and that's really kind of like where like our musical, you know, sort of like influences mixed together. We both influenced each other. And then that started like the journey, like both of us together as, as producers, me as an engineer, Hugo as, you know, his own producer as well. Um, so yeah, so we had a, a good mix of like, you know, like styles that, 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 you know, motivated both of us to move forward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, so is is the Pitbull era like the first like? What's your first credit? Like, what's your first first big record so that you could? My first gold record was on the soundtrack of the Blade soundtrack for the movie. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. And that was a uh, damn. Uh, what was his name, man? Why I forget people's names? This is terrible. All good. Uh, but anyway, uh, he he was a, a producer, mm -hmm. you know, good friend at the time, and he did the record, and you know, landed on the, on the soundtrack and, and whatever. But now, like before Pit. Um, I, my engineering career was already kind of established as like a recording and mix engineer. I was already like buzzing and you know doing my thing or whatever. I had my credits. Matter of fact, 
I had won my first Grammy for Who Let the Dogs Out the year before I signed Pitt. Wow, you did Who Let the Dogs Out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's a whole other story. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So then, okay, so then so then Pitt comes along. Right. And, you know, he's yeah. he's out of here. What 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 do you see? You're one of the first people, you know, involved with him, right? What Yeah, so what happened is like Pitt uh, you know, what got us to even think about getting an artist, my brother and I were doing a lot of remixes for Sony Latin. So mm -hmm. at the time, I was already doing like, I had already kind of, I had entered the, the, the Circle House system. You know what I mean? Circle House gave me like a huge platform. Like there were, because their studio was new. And I just happened to waltz in at the right time. You know, it was like, like that luck or whatever. But they're the ones who really took me under like their system and like gave me a platform. You know what I'm saying? Because as the studio was growing, I couldn't buy advertising like that with the studio saying, you want to work with him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like I owe a shit load of gratitude to them and just, just the, what they gave me as a platform, me and Ray C. So we grew with the studio. So that was all going on, you know what I mean, in my life. But me and Hugo were always kind of working together, you know, like not really formerly the Diaz brothers. We were just doing music mm -hmm. together. And uh, we started doing remixes for Sony Latin at the time. So mm -hmm. Sony Latin was trying to do like the dance remixes, you know, it was a little more like rhythmic, right, like for power. Mm -hmm. And knowing, uh, knowing any mix and shit, you know, I was like, all right, well, let me, you know, let, let's do that. So we, as we were doing remixes, that's when we kind of started the brand for the Diaz Brothers. And we did a remix for Ivy Queen mm -hmm. with White Clef. Mm -hmm. And we flipped it to a sample from Hot Chocolate that I believe a Miracles record. Mm -hmm. And so then Eddie heard it and Eddie was like, yo, we're going on that song. So they added it. So what happened is, you know, at that time, you know, radio. So at the time when they played that record, you know, back then... You, you know, a Latin artist was never on American radio. That shit was unheard of, you know? So that record kind of broke locally and it got spread around the country a little bit. So then the president of Sony was like, what the fuck? This is amazing, you know? So then they shot another video for our remix and Clef came down. So then the guy at Sony goes to me, man, you guys got to go, you know, you should go to the video shoot. So we went to the video shoot, we met Clef. And then my brother asked him, he's like, yo, bro, like, you know, you made it, like, give me some advice. Would, you know, and he's like, well, he goes, you guys are here. You made it this far. He's like, if I were you, he goes, I would, I would find an artist and invest yourselves in that. So I was like, all right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. He put me on a mission. And then literally it was like, I want to say like six months later, I had a session from Luke. So Pitt was signed to Luke Records. Right. And so I go into Luke's studio in South Beach. He used to be down in South Beach. And I go to mix his new album. So I'm just doing, you know, it's a regular gig. Not a regular gig. You know what I'm saying? It's my everyday thing. I'm doing my thing. Right. And then Pitt's there, but I'm thinking Pitt's the intern. Like, I'm thinking he's like, the, you know, an intern mm -hmm. from like an engineer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so when I bring the record up, it was called Lollipop. There was a, a, a feature. You know, I knew all of the artists on, on Luke's uh, repertoire. So I was like, who the hell is this? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, mm -hmm. it's a new voice. And he's like, it's me. I'm like, you know what I mean? Because in my head, I'm thinking he's this. Yeah. Like, he's an engineer. Yeah. So I was like, what you mean? That's you. And he's like, ask me, man. I'm like, what? And that sparked the conversation, you know? Wow. And so I thought to myself, damn, that's. You know, I'm looking for somebody. Yeah. Me and my brother talked about it. And then uh, when, I, when I met him that day, we had like a little like 20-minute, 30-minute conversation, and we just connected. You know what I'm saying? There right. was just something there. The time was right. And I was like, yo, this kid's got the lights on, you know? So this is right around like 2000, This right? is about 2000. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, we're hearing like, you know, the New York shit going on, yeah, heavy, yeah. And, and you guys come out in with a totally different sound. It's more up tempo like I mean we always came from like you said Miami bass and shit yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but you never really had like a hip hop artist like getting on that up tempo stuff when amongst all the New York grimy gritty yeah, dark yeah, shit yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah, yeah. We had that, what, yeah, yeah. what made you guys want to like experiment with that and not go to like that with, with what was easily able to fit in. Right. You know? Well, you know what's funny about it, right? So think about it. So at that time, y'all saw Lil John. Lil John was right. you know, creeping up. And but he, even he wasn't even on. Right. He was doing the down south thing. You know right. what I'm saying? 
So, but the crazy part is when we signed Pitt, we signed Pitt, oh my bad, yeah. we signed Pitt about, uh, really because of because of his, um, what do you call it, his ability to rap. Like, right. at the time, that we didn't go into it thinking four on the floor, down the middle, pop star. We were like... Like Latin... Yeah, like, no, Pitt was a hip hop. Right. You know, he was a fucker. He would dice you he up. Could, yeah, he would he go to, spit, the, to the yeah. ciphers. And, oh, yeah. no, for sure. So, because Luke used to take him around. Right. And basically call people out of every city, come out, man, battle. And Pitt would just yeah. rip everybody up. So, like, Pitt, people don't know that about Pitt. You know what I'm saying? So, when me and Hugo heard him, we were like, you know, we were in the hip hop team. We were actually in that world. Right. But then after we signed him and after we got in the studio together, after we worked, little by little, I was like, man, you know what I mean? Like, we should be touching. Because, you know, I come from my background. My people were all Power 86. I mean, that was right. my world. Right. So then little by little, we started seeing that. And I thought, man, bro, we got to do more music. Because Pitt kind of fought us at the beginning about that. He was like, yo, you're trying to turn him into the party man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Pitt, out of all the artists I've ever worked with, is what impressed me more is that like he would like, we might have a disagreement. Or he might say, like, I, you know, like, I don't, I don't agree with that. But he would go back and think about it. And then he's like, man, you're right. And he come back and then do it, and I was like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, most yeah. Artists he wasn't close minded. He nah, not at all, man. He was, and that and that shit's what really to me. Like every time the project evolved more, it got me even more excited because I saw like he was open he was, to try. Yeah, shit. he was looking to go. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. So then by the time Kulo came around, like that even made sense because remember that wasn't even our record. That was Mr. Vegas's record, right, Pull right. Up, and it was just a remix that got crazy. You know what right. I mean? And Power kind of just launched it. Um, so then that even gave him more of a reason to say, yo, this is, this is my lane. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's how it started kind of going in that direction. Right. Yeah. That rhythmic sound is what we're missing today, I think. Yeah, it's I funny. Think that it's funny a, how that kind of went away. Yeah, I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory that, like, I think the reason Latin blew, it was going to blow up the way it blew up anyway, yeah, regardless sure. because of for the sure. demographic shifting in the country. But I have a theory that the, the, the reason why Bad Bunny is, you know, as big as he is, is because hip hop got so urban. It got it, it, yeah, it, it lost yeah. its rhythmic sound. It did that. People that were in the middle, especially the lat, you know, like the yeah. Latin audience, you were able to. The girls would listen to hip hop back then because it was more rhythmic and you could move to it more. Right, but right. now these young Latin girls, I'm generally speaking, don't yeah. really want to listen to this trap. Hood yeah, hip hop, yeah. so they had they gravitate the other way to the Latin the reggaeton. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. It's the same thing as back in the day when you had the gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? It was it was real, you know, testosterone male driven. Mm -hmm. And same thing, the, the girls would go to rhythmic. That was like the you know the right. move. You know what I mean? So and now it's trap, right? You know, and like that's like the more you know right. and drill and all right. that crazy shit. You know, but there's I mean? no rhythmic anymore. So right. it's like you have right. to choose far right, right. or far left. Far right. left. You gotta <laughs> right. go trapped out, or <laughs> yeah. you gotta go straight all the yeah, way to yeah. reggaeton with it. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so pit happens, um, you guys are moving, and then at this time, we're like in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, I would assume the next big move for you is you start working with Khaled heavily now. Yeah, so, you know, what's funny is all, it was all kind of happened in parallel, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. my engineering career was already gone, because, like, pit was even a thing that, what do you call it, was like, how, how I say, like, with Circles, because they gave me the platform, like... They weren't like saying, look, you're our guy. Like I never directly worked for them, but I was their guy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And Ray C as well. And so when I signed Pitt, when I got to Pitt, I was kind of like, I went to back to the street, like, yo, slow down with the booking. Like, I'm going to try to focus on this one. They look at me like, you know, Pitt was nobody, right? Like no one knew him. They're like, what do you got? Three you, heads? You, you were freelance engineering at that time? The whole time. I've oh, always been. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's my family. Right, sorry, right. I was, but I'm saying, yeah, I was always a freelance engineer, right. but I just worked there. It was my home base, you know? Okay. So we just had that relationship. But when I came to them, and I didn't like formally come and say, hey, guys, don't book me. I'm doing this. It was just kind of like a gradual thing where the studio manager, Lourdes, was like, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean you don't want to do the session? I'm like, yeah, because no, I got this kid. And they're like, well, like, 
You're in five years. You want your first Grammy. Like after my Grammy, I worked a puff and I did the you know family continue. I mean, it was it was on. I was working Beyonce. I was I was on it on the on the mixing. I mean, on the engineer side. So they were like, "Well, you crazy?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I'd seen that vision." So I was trying to kind of doing both at the same time. So mm -hmm. I continued on. So Cali was already happening because when Pit broke with Kula, when Kula finally went national and it broke, Cali was already doing his thing. Like right. you know, obviously in radio, you know, you know the history or whatever. But he was already in the studio. Like we did a whole reggae album that he was right. still in the vaults at Turk House. Right. So and I had tracked that from him. And BB's the one who likes put me on with Khaled or whatever. I saw him at Khaled. Um, and so. Cali was already, already happening behind the scenes when I was already working on Pit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We were burning the candle both ends, and we were just mm -hmm. going. And then Cali started bubbling to the point where the Listen record was like now a reality. Like he was going to do it, mm -hmm. and that's I did that record. So I did pretty much every album from that point. You know, wow. Not since then I've done right. records that I've been not a part right. of anymore. But yeah, so that was happening. You know what I mean? So then when Pit broke, Cali broke, and Ross broke, and Flo broke. The Miami Circle House yeah. scene. Yeah. And it was weird because we were just, you was caught in that storm and that wave, which right. is dope. It was, and looking back on it, we were like, you know, super like wow. lucky to be part of it. You know what so, I mean? So, like, can you name like three, just real quick, three Khaled records from that era? Like, All I Do Is Win, did you uh, do? Yeah, All I Do Is Win, I'm So Hood. Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much all of them. Right. Like so that, for yeah. the average person listening, you know, Khaled and, 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 and these artists, they make a song. And when the song is finished, they send it to someone like Lou Diaz. And what he does is he sits there at the computer and at the, the big mixing boards that you see in, in the videos and the movies and shit. <laughs> and he actually puts the song together and makes it palatable for to distribute and, and right. for, the, for the listener and for radio and right, things right, of that right, nature. Right, right. Um, so... So you're doing Khaled stuff. What what's happening at this point? Is, is it you're, you're kind of falling back from the producing aspect of it? Because Pitbull at this point is 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 global now, right? No, and, not I mean not global, but like we got out of the local scene, right? Like right. we he had Kulu running away. So it, what was crazy was I was kind of juggling both worlds, right? Mm -hmm. I was I was the executive producer, owner of the label, you know, along with my brother and my mm -hmm. other partners, uh, with Pit, who was an artist that was breaking, exploding. And I was still going in the studio and doing Khaled and doing, you know, cash money and, you know, all this other shit. So it was, cra it was a crazy time. Wow. But definitely Pitt's project started pulling me away from that because it was just, you know, right. it was on fire, you know. Right. But Pitt wasn't like, I wouldn't say global, but it was our first national, right. like, you know. And matter of fact, and then another thing was going on at the same time was Little John was coming up. Mm. And I knew John from back when he all was the with, crunk stuff. Right. And I knew John back from when John was um, with Social Def. He was like an A&R DJ. Mm. So when I... I, I'm, when we connected Pitt with, with John, it was on some, like, John said, look, man, my album's done, but I'd love to put the kid on the record somehow. So we sent Pitt over there, and uh, my, my partner Rob brought him over. And uh, he was like, you know what, I'm going to do a quick little, like, just an eight-bar loop beat on the drum machine, go in the rap. And Pitt did that, that Cuban freestyle, Kings of Crunk. Mm -hmm. That's what that was. Wow. And it made the album. Wow. So then, you know, these little nuggets started kind of raising Pitt's stock more and more, and then we did the, the Too Fast to Fear soundtrack with Oye, that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... It was bubbly, but at the same token, I wasn't like letting the, the engineer career just right, right, right. go because I was kind of like, right. you know, rocking that too, you know. Wow, bro! At this time, <laughs> at this time, you know, would you say that's like this era? Like, what would you say is like the climax of when you were the most, most busy? I mean, is it? Yeah, what, what, you know, it, right before Pit, it was busy on the local side, right? Like back, like Circle was getting really, really big, mm -hmm. and I was like. It, leading up to that, that who let the dogs out mm -hmm. Grammy, right? It, it was crazy because it was like a revolving door. And it was a lot of local artists. And I mean, to be honest with you, I, I mean, I could forget some of the big artists, but I mean, like even E Class. Right. Like, I was like, that was my first, one of my first clients. Right. I was Dude, like the first year, yeah. like Jackie Hill's Frisco, album, Frisco, Flo Rida, all, that. all that stuff, all the old stuff, you know? Wow. So, yeah, so that was a real busy time. And then just because of the pit 
and doing the parallel thing, you know what I'm saying, doing the Diaz Brothers thing. Because then, remember, then the pit thing spawned for us as producers, the Lloyd Banks thing and the Yankee. And yeah. So it was, bro, our life was... How many hours a week would you say you were in the studio a I week? mean, I was in the studio every day. You know, I'm still in the studio. Like, yeah, yeah. For how I, long would you say? Um, back then, because back then, you know, you'd work a mix with an artist in the room. Like today, you know... Oh, really? You, yeah, yeah, because like... You know, today we, you know, I'm mixing on a laptop, basically. Right, you right. know what I mean? Back then, you had to go into a room, a big room to mix. Right, right. And usually, the artists would attend, so it's very rare that I would mix a song by myself in the studio. It would always be so. When you got people in the room with you, it tends to be longer. Right, right. You, you're right. kicking it, you talk, yeah. and then you know, you just, it just, it just, it's longer. So, um, but now it's changed so much because of technology. Where even like with the the most recent shit that I did with Khaled, I mean, he just sends it to me. I do about eighty yeah. percent of it. Yeah, we're gonna get into all, yeah, yeah. all the, how the technology. So, but it, but I'm saying, yeah, it changed. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was so. So busy. how? Let's say you know, 2004, 2005, around this era. What? Oh, how man. long is it taking you to mix a record with the? Um, usually back then we ordered, we'd book a day for a mix. You know so you knock so, out a mix in a day? In a day, yeah, 12, like 12 hours, yeah. Okay. But, you know, sometimes you'd be done. Like if you were so to... listen for the average person, 12 hours for one song. To get one, yeah, sound, yeah, yeah. Sound, so yeah. one song sounding the, for it right. to be ready, I know, 12 crazy. hours. Like to me it's normal, but it does sound yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but what it is, if you think about it back then, you know, between, you know, the breaks and the talking and, you know, it, it would take, it would spread out. Longer. Right, right, right. If you would take back to back all the work you actually do, right. probably about... You know, six, seven hours, eight hours. And the breaks depends. are the breaks are almost required to mix a yeah, record because yeah. you have to take break. Your ears have to take breaks. Correct, you know? correct, correct. So, so yeah. that's crazy, man. Yeah, man. So <laughs> we're gonna get into a lot of like, and there's a lot of producers um, and engineers that listen to this shit. So we're gonna I get know, into bro. some geeky music. Yeah, yeah. Producer yeah, talk stuff. Yeah. Uh, so around this time, you come. So you're you're one of the few engineers, Lou, that come up under analog and digital. You yeah. come up under tr you know track yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, digital Pro Tools. What was it like for you transitioning from from recording to tape to? Because I I miss analog, bro. Yeah, no, I, I, I miss it. I you hear know. you. You don't know. Yeah, I definitely like. Matter of fact, today earlier I was in the studio and they have a, a nine thousand K, and then I was like, damn, I love this console. Mm -hmm. But what's weird is like, honestly, like I just it's been years, man. It's just like I mean, literally, I go put a laptop on top of the console. I got you know people recording studios now, you know. But when Pro Tools came along, like. In retrospect, it's cool because I really got the last tip end of tape, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and got into digital tape, which is Dash, and to Pro Tools. So I saw Pro Tools come into the scene and dull. But I mean, I was like early adapter. And not in like that I bought a rig or that I was in it. I was just like, that should make sense to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just saw like how convenient it would be. Because, you know, once you do a couple of like disastrous recalls, which for people who don't know what a recall is, is like, you know, you have that big board, you have all the, you know, all the buttons set the way they're set. All the set. work you did. Right. And then you got all the gear behind you that's all patched into a patch bay. There's an assistant writing everything down. And, you know, all the milliseconds of every delay. Sheesh. So what happens is an artist says, man, we got to change something or, you know, I don't like this. You got to go, you know, call the studio. The assistant goes in. He has to set the board, every button back to where it was, all the gear. Wow. And then you go in and it never comes back exactly. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So a recall was up. Bitch, it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. So to me, when I saw Pro Tools, I was like, what? Click, click, and I'm back? Yeah. And it's guaranteed I'm back where I was? Right. That shit right there sold me. I was like, right. let's go, you know? Do you think an artist can, like, you've never thought of, like, in 2022, like, yo, let me just go back and do a record how I would do it in the 90s and use tape and do all that? Just yeah, you know what's funny? We talked about this shit. Yeah, we did. Matter of fact, not really, like, where I did the project. It was, like, a, a buddy of mine who wanted to get that vibe, and we he actually took... Like all the synths and recorded to two inch and then went back to Pro Tools just to get the, the analog vibe. But I think, you know what's funny? It was beyond just the tape and the equipment. It was also the time, bro. Because think about it, what you were making music on 
was analog the, keys. Yeah, motifs and, so the, and, yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah, NPCs the, and shit. And you were wiring to the console. Like today, right. everything's virtual. It's in the computer, you know? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, to yeah. do a whole project. Yeah. Analog. Even use the NPC, oh, take out sure. the Triton. Because I listen to like like those old R&B records <laughs> and I compare yeah, yeah, yeah. it to new R&B records. And right. I just don't get that same yeah. goosebump feeling. And, and It's definitely a and, part of it. The sound's a part of it. But to me, I also think like, like if you look at every era, I mean... And, and I know this is weird to say, but not, I mean, not weird, but like the songwriting too, man. Like it, it's yeah, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's it was, a different vibe. So they were coming from another angle. We, I was talking to Derek and we, and we talked about um, just how rec- the process of recording vocals from a microphone onto tape. He said something about a documentary saw where it's like, you're actually recording energy from the yeah. room onto the tape. Onto the so tape. It, you're, you're capturing the energy of the room yeah. with digital. I guess some of that gets lost and it's yeah. just a digital representation. It, it digital, can't be yeah, the yeah. same. Because tape, all really tape is I know it's a weird way to maybe describe it maybe it'll make sense to people but all tape was was just rust particles and then the magnetic head would go and align the rust particles a certain way that's what sound was right you know what I'm saying and now it's zeros and ones so there is a definite difference in like the way you capture it it's right. not really the old way you know what I mean right. and ironically digital is a much higher fidelity much better but you know you, you're, the human ear gets used to something right. and when you're used to it that's what we call warm Right. That warmness is really like a deficiency, right. but it was a good thing. You know what I'm saying? It was a deficiency. Oh, okay. So no, it's like deficient. in other words, if you look at it from a fidelity perspective, right, 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 right. right. like a scale from zero to a ten. Yeah, yeah. it's lower the, quality, lower like quality. For sure. But it's the it was a vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's funny. It's like it's yeah. like think about this vinyl, vinyl versus, right. you know, right. now you're in, as a DJ. Right. Vinyl just had a vibe. Right. I mean, it's right. a pain in the ass, right? Right, 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 Skipping right. and all the problems. Yeah, but yeah, but it's sounded. like those imperfections in the record. It, like right. the imperfections it's an act, the, there's an actual analog groove in there, man, just moving around. It's wild. Beauty and imperfection. I'm, there's a tad I want to get. It's two Japanese letters. It's called, it, it means the beauty and imperfections, dope. you know? Dope, that's nice. But, but um, yeah, man, so, so now in today's world, bro, mm. like artists are recording on a uh, in a hotel room, bro. Yeah, with bro. The, with the, like thing. How do you feel about that? You come from big SSL million dollar studios yeah, with yeah, consoles yeah, yeah. and booths and yeah and high equipment, and you got dudes recording Grammy songs on <laughs> in, in a hotel room in a corner, like whatever. Yeah. You'd think that I'd be more like fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, man. I've never been a purist. It's weird, like because like like Pitts Records, mm-hmm. which Alfie, which was. Another story, but me, Al, this guy Bobby Vieira, I was telling you about who's a who's a director now. We all come from a, my rock band days. We were all in a band together. Like Bobby was a singer, Alfie was the bass player, and I was a drummer. I ended up signing Pit. I put on Alfie to record. To this day, Alfie records all of Pit's records. Wow! And the major, I want to say, not the majority, every major top ten record was recorded in a hotel room behind a mattress, rig. You know, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. In Tokyo, all over the world. Yeah. What? Yeah. Damn, so I mean, yeah. so it can't. I mean, you got to know what you're doing, right? That's like, what I was gonna say. Right, Why, right, how do yeah. you approach that though? Like, how because do you... like if you know, like once you like record in the studio, and listen, technology was also able to let that be possible, right? right? Back in the day, it would sound terrible, but um, you know, if you know enough of acoustics and you know, hey, you know what, we could throw up a you know a comforter and get it nice and dead, and you bring the mic with you, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, all you're really creating is try that dead sound. Mm-hmm. With vocals, it's really not that difficult. You know, you already got right. the whole chain with you when right. you travel, so for that reason, it, it works. You know what I mean? But it's Al. It's Alfie has to be the one. Right. You know what I mean? If it's another guy, you could you could you could right. fuck it up and make How it. How do you feel crazy. about? Because I'm always the th- and I, I'm I, I'm not a pure, I'm like a young purist. It's weird, but yeah. like like I'm the type. Like, how do you feel about recording sitting down? Yeah, I, don't I know. always I always that's weird, t- right? I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever had. I mean, I, I mind you, I haven't tracked it. I feel fucking. like I see it a lot now. 
Do you really? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I haven't experienced it because I don't record as much. You know, I'm always oh, at the end of the project, so okay. I don't even know how to record it. But I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean that's to me. If whatever makes the artist pop, you know what I mean? If right, it gets right. them there. Right. But I can't imagine like because everybody stood it. It was like an energy thing. So I don't know. Yeah, man. yeah. Coming from radio, they say tell you to like stand up to use your whole diaphragm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like you know, and I'm just listening to all these records that just sound so yeah. uh, like airy. <laughs> like it, it's so. It's so not with the diaphragm, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just so throat and airy, and it's not singing, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and I'm seeing all these videos of all these big artists, you know, they're sitting down, they're holding the mic, there's a yeah, handheld yeah, mic, and I'm yeah. like, bro, th like, what's going on right now? Like, is there any rules or no? They're just going in there, just not. You know what's funny that like, you just said it, man? What it is is like the rule thing, like, you know, because like when you're recording, especially when you're in the recording process or the production process, there's so many rules from a sonic technical perspective, mm -hmm. but then you got it, you bring the human element, right? You bring the artist has no freaking clue about that shit mm -hmm. and they just do what they do. Right. So those worlds always clash together. I mean, always been that way. Right. And so to me, I always find it like interesting that, because look, like an artist that doesn't know what they're doing may make some shit that technically you're like, yo, that's fucked up. Yeah. But then it gets out and then it makes it. And then people are like, I want that sound. Right. And so now this fuck up now is the new standard for, <laughs> you feel me? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't stop it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got, I mean, like, I, I, at the beginning, I granted, I was like, you know, when I was recording, I was like, what the fuck, you know? But little by little, I started realizing, nah, man, this is just an ever evolving. Right thing, you know, you were like for example, so for like like you like these trends that happen, like yeah. you were there when the auto tune thing happened, yeah, oh, right? Yeah, like yeah, no one ever yeah. used to sing with auto tune, you know. No, I remember what they wild. say, Usher, you know, faulted T Pain for he said he destroyed music because T Pain started using auto tune. What yeah. what was your take on it at that time? When I mean, like the first time I heard it was that share record. I was actually editing at Circle House upstairs, and uh, I heard the record. I think in the car on the way home or something. It was obviously like on power one of those stations and. I was like, what the fuck is that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think I remember Autotune was already kind of a thing, but none of us really were like opening it yet. You know what I mean? Like, because mm -hmm. Pro Tools wasn't even that prevalent yet. And then, I don't know the story, but I know indirectly, I know whoever did it was like, kind of like, you know, you mess with buttons when you- He's fucking around, yeah. And he fucked it, put it all to 100 and was like, this just sounds kind of cool. And let it ride because the vocal, they were trying to correct her. You know, let's use a new tool to see if we can correct it. Because, you know, yeah. every great singer still needs a little. Correct. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people. Well, even though you didn't, you, you did, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't have that back in the day. No, Celine, no. Whitney Houston did not have auto. None of them. No, yeah, nobody had auto. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was no pitch correction. It was called Do It Over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, even a legend like, 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 uh, you know, like uh, Cher or whatever, she's a great singer, but because that tool comes in, you know, techs are going to be like, oh, bro, let's try it, you know, because sometimes our producer would be like, man, she hit that note quite right but i love the performance all right well why not nudge it up it's like right. it's not like a diss on her not being able to sing right right so this guy was just kind of playing and i think he was like man the, the producer heard it i think it was like leave it mm -hmm. and they released it we were, everybody was like what, what the hell's that sound wow and so then i saw it i remember i opened it up and i was like yo this is wild mm -hmm. and then pain pain really basically he made it like he made it the standard it's yeah the and standard. he made a household name yeah you know i mean you got people who have no idea about production who know auditor yeah. I mean, the freaking. I mean, you sitting in those sessions mixing those records, were you for it or are you like, look, this bullshit I mean, again? No, nah, like, because <laughs> it was, again, it was another movement. I mean, to me, think about it, pain was directly influencing me in that at that time, all the hooks for Khaled were written by pain. I'm so right. with pain. Shit, all almost every hip hop song at that time right, was, right, was right. hooked by pain. Correct. Right. So to me, I was like, oh. and the thing about pain is pain can actually sing. Right. So to me, I never saw it as a, oh man, this is like like somebody. Cheating. Right. I think that came later. Because people who couldn't sing and couldn't really do it were still shy about it. 
Mm-hmm. But as that spread, you know, Payne had a, a lot to do with spreading it throughout the industry. And then it got more and more people who couldn't sing going, oh, this shit really helps me a bit. Right. And it evolved into like, fuck it, I, can, I don't even got to be good. You right. know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I shun on that too. But like I said, man, at the end of the day, bro, to be honest with you, even if you pop off a record with all the help in the world, it's what you're saying and the writing and what you're bringing, the energy you're bringing. Right. The tools are secondary to me in that you can't build a career on that. Right. As long as that fad, fad's gone, you're gone. Right. You know what I'm saying? The staying power comes in what, what, right. what, what you're putting down. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that in today's world? It seems like, I have a theory as well, given social media and things. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we're not going to have any more, this is how I feel, I feel like we're not going to have any more A-list artists. We're going to have, we're not, yeah, I feel like, like we're not going to have, have bit. we're yeah. not going to have any more Rihannas, we're not going to have any more Drakes, we're not going to have any more, like that future, that low, like that's the last of the crop. Now we're just getting songs. Not artists, we're getting songs in and out. Who yeah. don't even know who the artist is? We just know this is trending on TikTok. Right. It's yeah, I can't even keep up too, man. Like yeah, it's, it's wild. I'm like, yo, I'll be hearing like an artist. I'm like, who's this? I look, I'm like, ten million followers. I'm like, who the hell is like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. how does this happen? Yeah. But that's social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's that's to me is a huge disruptor in music and in pop culture. In that, it it, it look to me, it helped the artists, right? Because it mm-hmm. took the power from the labels and the powers that be, the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. And like, think about it. Even radio, like an hour artist, look at Kodak. Kodak built his own tribe, right? And uh, labels basically a bank, right? They're not, you know. I mean, not to say that they don't push, you know. Of course, they have a campaign, but what I'm saying is, what made it happen is, it's just Kodak straight, like you know what I mean. This is my people. I'm doing my music and the story, but social media gave them that. Right. ability and right. all the rest of them you know what i'm saying do you think the music suffers because people are more into like the celebrity of the person you yeah, know like I more- think social media like I, I, we, we talked about the matter of fact that conversation with pitt about this is that whole instant gratification vibe is what's happening today and it's because of social media right mm-hmm. so if you think about it, if you run the clock back before we had even myspace right there was nothing mm-hmm. going on matter of fact with pitt mm-hmm. when we signed pitt there was no youtube there was no facebook there was nothing mm-hmm. it was like yo we rent a van no shortcuts no shortcuts oh. hit the street Hear some vinyl, go see all the DJs. It was a workhorse, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To this day, it's like that. Um, so, but the thing about it is that it, it didn't allow so many people in. It was either you had the crazy work ethic or you had to be somewhere. Yeah. You had to get in there. Right. And now... The floodgates are open. Like yeah. that and the laptop. And I'm a producer, artist. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is cool. I, I love it because it helps right. artists that might have never had a shot. But now you got saturation. Yeah. You got you got you to mine and find the good you music. Got, you got to yeah, mine for it. Exactly. And now radio yeah. doesn't dictate, because radio used to dictate what was Correct. hot. Correct. Now radio doesn't even dictate what's hot. Now radio's got to follow what's. Right. Radio's just trying to stay in the game. Yeah. You know yeah. What I'm saying? Like with, yeah. With, with, you know, playlists Wild. now and shit. And, yeah. And, so, yeah, yeah I think it's a natural, we, yeah. It, it, to me, it's social media is another technology that just came and changes everything. You know, Not only music, but, you know, culture. So, I mean, yeah, I feel some type of way about it in that I I I loved you know my music was always like like you're saying like the last school or last you know uh, uh, what do you call it a uh, wave yeah or era the Drakes the Rihannas you know superstars right you know back you go back you have Michael Jackson you have Prince you have, you know you have these staying powers that are gonna be on right. forever you know yeah I feel like a lot of the songs I hear today and and not to say that these artists might not go. You fast forward another 15 years right but it just doesn't sound to me like they're gonna be around you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. it just sounds like. They're here tomorrow, just you know, here today, gone tomorrow. Development, just they got yeah. lucky, you know? Yeah, like, and, and, and I think it's also because of what it's, the audience is what the audience is asking for, you know? If, it, if it's just, think about it, like you rewind back the clock no matter where you are in time, 10 years, you got a nine-year-old who's now 19, you feel me? Mm-hmm. So like they're like, out, they're out of the scene, yeah, and yeah, now yeah, they're yeah. the new scene. Right. So if you, if you look at it just from like the iPhone, you look at a kid who grew up without an iPhone to the kid who grew up with an iPhone, like it's just part of reality. Mm-hmm. 
It's freaking two different universes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But there, there are do you like there are some like there's some kids like that give me that feeling that I'm like they're Not gonna be sure. around. Like there's you know the Bay Area's got some two kids. I love Simba. There's a kid named LaRus. Right. Like, there's kids right. that are no, really they're there because the time's always gonna be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like yeah. you gotta have substance to, yeah. to to maintain longevity. Yeah. You know? Do you still get? Do you still like it, bro? Like, uh, yeah. you know, do you, do you still get that exciting feeling from the music that you used to get? Do you still get someone send you a record every once in a while? And you're like, holy shit, I love this record. Yeah, I do. I do definitely do. I, I still love mixing because I, you know, honestly, like in, with everything I did, mixing is something I needed to continue doing. But I just that's that was like what I did. You know what I'm saying? Right. I have an identity, and to me, I love doing it. So yeah, I definitely still enjoy. But definitely, there was times that I was like. I'm mixing the same record over and over again. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. with trap, it was like, what the fuck? That's like, how I feel like I'm when I'm DJing right now, bro. Exactly. It's feeling the same, playing right. the same record <laughs> right, right, over right, right, and over, right, bro. Right. So, but like you said, there might be a no-name artist that hires me, like some you know from overseas or whatever, mm-hmm. and, or an artist that you know that's new to the game but it's plugged in. But yeah, there's something there. Yeah, that's just still mm-hmm. exciting. Probably more so now mm-hmm. because of all the traffic right. and all the you know what I'm saying the saturation. Right. But um, it definitely is something that I, I you know. It's funny because like I watched the other day, they showed me this like reaction video of like this hip hop kid listening to like old music that mm-hmm. you know, and you think about it, like, damn, they don't know you know about like records like yeah. Queen, you know, shit that's like old, right? And you watch the reaction, you're like, yo, that's wild because it shows you the difference in like that shit would influence the next generation, and now it's like getting so thin that there's no going but back. You're to right. Roots. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're right. But right. then I think about. What if it's so old to them that it's new to them? It is. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's like like trends. Like you know, like like yeah. shit. Bell bottoms might come back eventually because yeah, yeah. it's yeah, so, fashion it sounds, the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. fashion is the same way. You yeah. know, like. But it's cool watching the reaction though of them was what you just said. I was watching them discover a song that I grew up with. You know, like right. it, it would be like you watching and listening to some early Drake. And so kids have no idea who Drake is. Right, right. right. I mean, not that that's possible. You right, know what I'm right. saying? But in theory, like. On the like the old music is right. a little bit more like even like the Beatles for example, super old, right? Right. But the fucking songs are timeless. Right. But you're thinking, well, I I know that because that was my parents' songs or whatever. Right. But now, and you see a new generation, no friend, they know what their name is, and you hear a song, they're like, what the fuck? It's Crazy. wild to watch them. Crazy. Because that, that you see the power of music, you're like, oh, that shit is no joke. Like that's really a good song. Yeah. And so that tells you because you know it's like a it's like you take a kid. From one planet, put them on the other planet, and you get the same reaction as the people who heard it the first time. Right. That, so to me, I feel like there's those people. As a, I think, as a as a as a industry and as an audience, if we you know collectively support those artists, right. That's how you make timeless artists. Right. You know? It's it's got to be something about the music and the song. It's just getting these kids to experiment. That's what it is. Like, yeah. don't be the me too. Yeah. Don't be the me too guy. Just experiment. Yeah, yeah. Go try some shit. Yeah, you know yeah. Like, but you're always gonna have those, man. Right. I mean, remember when J Cole came out? Mm-hmm. Like, even for, for J Cole. He was like, whoa, kind of like a boom bat at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, but he connected. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he's just dead, you know, he steps back to him. and he yeah. stayed with, with what he was doing, you know? Yeah. You know, so yeah. And then, bro, there's this new technology that came out. I don't know if you're up on it, but they just it just came out for Serato. The beta is out and it's literally reshaped my mind <laughs> and what can be done. Huh? I'm on it already. Yeah, what are you talking about? Do <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Atmos? No, no, no. no okay, no, no, give no. me, give me, give me. Stems now. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Serato can isolate yeah, yeah, yeah. an acapella. It can. I, I, yeah. If you were to tell me, bro, out of the, the all the, this time I've been producing, you could tell me that I could just strip an acapella out of any song and sample it, oh, bro. Yeah, yeah. That changes everything. Everything. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, you're gonna like 
as engineer, well, as producers, as artists, to labels, you're going to deliver now. Like we always delivered stems because when I do a session on a, on, on a Pro Tools session, when I'm done, I just take, like, for example, like say, all right, it's approved, it's done, the mix is done. I take each sound and record it back to Pro Tools with all the plugins and all the, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and so the kick, then I record the snare, then I record the high, like all the way through until I'm done. Then I assemble a new session at zero, and that's the master that the labels get. Mm-hmm. Because they want to be able to give that to people to do remixes right. and whatnot, right? So that's where stems come from. Labels are like, well, shit, we can like right. now, you know, because before they would put out the instrumental for radio, you know, right, right. acapella maybe. Right. But now it's like, man, you want just the drums, you want just the bass, you want this, it's all there. But it's crazy. You're trying yeah. to tell me that you could send me an MP3 of a song and I could just press a button and yeah, it yeah, yeah. isolates the acapella and I could take yeah, it out yeah, whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah. Stemming is a, like stemming now is a I'm movie. I just go back into all the old <laughs> shit that I couldn't. Like, I, like, yeah, I, yeah. When you were like, damn, I wish this kick wasn't here. I could right. sample this shit. Now it's like yeah. you can go back and do but it. But the dope part about that is that from a perspective for the labels and even for the artists and the writers is that if you have that on in the ether and people, some kid in his bedroom in freaking France downloads, mm-hmm. you know, gets like the stems of the drums and puts it together with some of the shit, creates something new. Now... You can, you know, now the label makes money off of that. So, exactly. it's, yeah, it's a business move. You know what I mean? Sam, yeah, Sam, yeah, like rejuvenated sampling. Yeah, of way. course, of course. What type of records do you, first of all, would you describe your sound? How would you describe your sound? As a, as a, as as a mixer? An engin- yeah, as yeah. an engineer. And, and I mean, then what records do you like to mix the most? I Type. still, yeah, I mean, hip hop is really like what okay. I'm known for. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I did country records and I've done rock songs and all that, but mm-hmm. the majority of my work has always been, you know, hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm known, my known is like the low end, you know, like the whole getting the boom big and, mm-hmm. and all that came a lot from like working with Khaled because remember Khaled was like, we got to be bigger than everybody yeah. else. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I always loved it. I was a drummer. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was natural. Like I, I wanted that. I want that kick to hit you in the chest, you know? So over the years doing that over and over and over again, I kind of got that sort of rep- reputation or whatever. And, and so I love it. I, I love drums. I love, you know, so if you love drums mm-hmm. and you like low end, I mean, hip hop is like, you know, like in my wheel. Are you responsible for that, Lou? Like, like having the master of a song be so loud? Like, you know what no, I'm saying? Masters I mean, never used to. Yeah, because now you have a master engineer, which is one step after us, right? right? So like when the producer finishes and the artist finishes, I go, I mix it, they approve it. And then I print like the final print, like say the, the radio version. Mm-hmm. Boom, we print. And then it goes to mastering. And mastering does like one final sort of like EQ and compression over the whole thing mm-hmm. to just control it. Maybe, okay, it needs a little, be a little brighter, a little low end. You know what I mean? Real mm-hmm. fine stuff. And then when it comes to an album, they also even out all the songs because maybe I'm not mixing all of them. Right. So they may sound different. So they get them all to sort of sound, feel good across, you know? Mm-hmm. One's not louder than the other, that type, sort of thing. Um, and so those are the guys who really determine how loud the record could be. Because... Loudness is weird. The, loudness isn't about, hey, how loud is it on the meter? It's called perceived loudness. Mm-hmm. So it could be low, but it's perceived to be loud. I know it's weird. But right. yeah, so no, now, I, I definitely notice it when I DJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the thing that's what happened is DJs back before we had all these standards, it was just about, I want to, I need to be loud. Because when I go to the club, I want to hand it to Casey Chops. You don't want to mm-hmm. throw it on. You have to like tweak it up. Mm-hmm. You just want to play and be like, damn, this shit is hitting. So that's why the whole loudness war just started. So the point now where I, when I DJ now, it's like we ignore distortion meters now. Oh, yeah. Until you hear Like now you're, you have clipping. to have it distorting until you actually hear the distortion. You're, you're like, clipping. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, when I, with, with, uh, with Khaled, it started there. But even now, like when I turn in, because what I'll do is when I, when I work with a client, I'll send them an MP3 just to like approve it, you know, to listen to it. Because a lot of times we're not in the room together. Um, and I'll limit it. I'll put a limiter on it. And it's fucking, I slam it. Yeah. Because that's what they're used to hearing. 
Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? Of course, they're going to hear the one without it, but it's just to give them an idea what mastering is going to sound like when it comes back. Mm. You follow me? Like a preview. Yeah. And so they can hear from that perspective and also hear from without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then mastering will do that process way better than not. That's just a, yeah. a little step I do for, for reference. In my opinion, it just sounds good just not to limit the shit at all. Yeah, of course. Like, listen, yeah. if it was just like, if the client was also like an engineer or had mm -hmm. some producers are, you know, really versed in, in technical, you know, guys, mm -hmm. then yeah, they, they'll be like, hey, don't send me nothing with a limiter on it. Just send me the, the regular mix. I want to hear. Mm -hmm. Cool. All you got to do is turn it up. You know what I mean? Right. But most artists, like I said, some artists don't even know what the fuck it is that I do. Yeah. So they're just like, why is it low? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Like, you avoid that by just going here, bro. Do you, you, know do, I mean? you do you feel like what you do is, is kind of like a lost art? Like, do you try, are you, are you like these new kids, are you, do you have any aspirations to kind of mentor some or kind of like get them? Um, I mean, through the years, like, uh, like working at Turkey House, just being in, in the old regime where you had, you know, a mixed room and you had an assistant engineer, or, you know, a runner and all that. I, I did get to do a lot of that, like just over the years. Like for example, like matter of fact, this morning we we're talking about that with with, uh, with Ben, with Ben Billions. Mm -hmm. Like he was an assistant of mine. You know what I'm saying? So think about it. Like I've had what six Grammy winners now mm -hmm. that were under me. Mm -hmm. So that mentorship happened naturally through being in the room with me, getting to know each other, working together. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And showing them shit, and then you know their hunger, wanting to learn or whatever, and parlay that into something else. But now I, I I've done. I mean, I do a lot of talks to schools and shit, and just mm -hmm. because it is a different world in that whoever's coming up now has a completely different experience than I do. Right. You know what I mean? Just the tech alone. Right, right. So I try to just kind of give him that perspective. Like, look, bro, don't look at me as he did it this way. Like, don't do it my way. You can't. Right, right. It's a different world now. Right. But just the reality of it, you know, get him to, I, I feel like, I, I'm, I feel like I, I'm the bear bat news when I talk to kids. Yeah. Because I kind of bring them back to earth. Because, you know. You, you have to, bro. Right. It's hard to get, you get wrapped up in the plaques and the Grammys. Listen, that's great. But I always tell them like, man, listen, if, you, if you're paying your car note, bro, by tracking an artist. You making like your bills, you won, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's you're making a living in what you love. Yeah, that, that's crazy. You know. So you, when you appreciate those little things, then you got more building blocks to build on. You know. How do you it, feel about like, the, the landscape of of just mixes that you hear, like on the radio now? Do you feel like like you know like? I mean, you know, it's funny, man, because like, like again, it's music is consumed from so many different angles mm -hmm. that it's a mishmash now. You know, before it was like, like we were talking earlier about radio, it was structured. You right. knew the records that were coming, especially right. when you were in radio. You, right. you knew, okay, this guy's going to drop a record. We right. know how it's all going to, it was a system. Right. So everything would kind of went through the right guys to say, not you know necessarily right. me, but you know, the guys that were doing this. And now people are consuming wild, music. Wild yeah, it's like, like, you know, Spotify, it's, it's fucking, you know, YouTube. And so you get all sorts of stuff, but I, I you know, there's definitely a lot of like differences and shit. You're like, damn, that shit sounds crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. From standard. But like I said earlier, but if it connects to the audience, yeah. it's like, damn. And then like there was that FNF. It's wild, bro. That's huge. It's this bigger, you know, the FNF with that girl, uh, Gorilla singing. And yeah, it's yeah. huge. And yeah, yeah. they're sending it to me and there's like, bro, there's no mix on it, bro. I'm yeah. like, what is this? I, I, I'm never really like, you know, and I'm hitting my DJ friends like, does anyone have like a mixed version of this? Right, and this right, shit right. is huge. It goes off, oh, but yeah. it sounds terrible. Bro. Yeah, bro. And, and, and I guess, I guess our ears are just to the average person. Just yeah, yeah. Hear it, you know? And it's just, you know, sometimes like I see you know, that, like, look, my, my first experience with, uh, matter of fact, Kodak, Kodak Black when, when Ben brought me in that project mm -hmm. which is like the first time in the painting pictures mm -hmm. it was right before Kodak got locked up so I had a little meeting with him you know we just sat down I talked to him about the process just because he didn't like he wasn't like he was one of those artists where like because Derek mm -hmm. track all, tracked all his stuff so Derek would tell me he'd be like yo bro we like finished the song 
And Black would just throw the headphones down and be like, all right, throw it up on, on YouTube. And he's like, bro, like, yeah. he's like, bro, we got to like, I got to like, I got to mix it like yeah. a little rough and we got to bring an engineer in and, and, and Kodak was like, why? It sounds good. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It made no sense to him. Yeah. So like, I had to kind of have a talk with him because I told him, look, Kodak, I don't want to change your shit so much where you're like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I understood what, that, that wasn't a thing that was in his like mind. Yeah. So he was like, you know, he would listen to me and he was like, yeah, I, I, I got you. It makes sense to me. But still, when I finished the records, he was always like, yeah, they sound different. It wasn't like he was didn't like the mix. They just sound different now. He just him. fell in love with the version that he was listening Correct. to at the crib. Like, like Right. So it took me a while because I did about, I think I did four albums of him. It took me not a while, but I was very like uh, mindful of saying, okay, let me try to keep it as original to the demo as possible, mm. which made me go against a lot of my roles. Mm-hmm. But that made me, you know, at that point, I was already really established and understood enough to go, like, you know, people are like, I, you know, some art, uh, some engineers, I'm not putting money on that shit if it sounds wrong. I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. you got to, the best job you could do as a mixed engineer or engineer is for you to just be invisible. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, that's his vision. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, you, you know, you, you fast forward now and you look back, you're like, some of the records don't sound great. I mean, it sounds great because they were mixed and they were right, right. mastered, but they weren't done the way I thought. But they're connected and people right, love them. Right. And I hear them now and I'm like, damn, that just sounds kind of nice. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. it just evolves. And it's, it's crazy, man, because I think I can make an argument and there's probably stats to back this up. But it, it feels like most people today probably consume most that music that exists on phone speakers. Right here, bro. On yeah. phone. So it's like, are you mixing for the phone now, bro? Almost? You Is know what's like, funny? You... We went through that where we were like, man, we got to listen to it through here to see what's up or listen to it on the pods, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and we do a little bit. But because at the time, right, like let's say the peak of Cali, not Cal is still peaking, what I'm mm-hmm. saying, but you know, as we were getting like really, really crazy, it was really still club, you know, it was where it mattered. So it was like, yeah, the phone, the laptop's cool, mm-hmm. but we want to make sure that the experience for the listener was going to happen, you know, in the middle of the live, you were going right. to get that vibe, you know? Right. So that it was about loudness, it was about big and all that. But then, little by little, as that kind of like changed, yeah, the phone became more of a, hey, we sure we're hearing the boom in there because you can't. Yeah. So the tone of the boom, we died more distortion to get the boom more. That, yeah, that's what it, I was going to bring wild. up. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to bring up to you too. Like I had somebody tell me that like, you know, you could have the, the, the dopest shit hitting on the best speakers. And they were telling me like, bro, you have to add a little distortion to the 808. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, because yeah. that's how it shows up on a, like, yeah. a phone speaker. Otherwise, the 808 won't even show up yeah, on yeah, a phone yeah. speaker. It's impossible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's wild. It's crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so as far as your your um, the lifestyle that we live, we both right. you know in the music industry. It seems like we're all vampires, you know. Yeah, we are, um, bro. Has your uh, let's talk. I want to talk about the lifestyle of what we do and how to maintain our health and just kind of you yeah, know. Yeah, that is do that. that's, that's a good conversation. So what, what what um do do you are you are, are you, have you always been a night guy and do you still mix in the wee hours in the morning? Yeah, or how bro. does your schedule? Yeah. Work? you know what it is. I think it's like. You know, generally speaking, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Everybody works tonight, right? That's the thing. I mean, there's like one artist, the only artist I remember in history, Trick. Really? Trick is an early bird, bro. It's wild. Matter of fact, the first time I found out is because I was leaving Circle House and Trick's in the lounge. And it was like 7.30, one of those late night sessions. And I'm leaving. I'm like, I'm like, Trick, you work tonight? He's like, no, I work today. I was like, what do you mean today? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm waiting for my guy. I was like, I was like, yo, my man, it's 7.20. Like, what do you mean you work today? Yeah, bro, Trick was like early bird. Like, it's the only guy. I mean, I'm sure there's other people. Yeah. But for the majority, you know, 99.9, yeah, we're freaking vampires. I heard, I heard a study uh, and from a scientist, and he said that the human mind is the most creative it is. when it's half awake and it's half asleep. Yep, yep. So, which is why when you're about, you're tired wanting to go to sleep, yep. or when you just yeah, wake yeah. up is when you're the most creative. Yeah, That's what people and you're also the most open for, like, influence and shit. But, you know, the other thing, too, is I remember, like, 
when we were first starting out, it was, you know, we were night people. When you get, you get around like-minded people, you start, that's why we all know each other because we all understand each other. Mm-hmm. It was also the fact that, like, the world kind of goes away a bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the phone stopped ringing. It's peaceful. Yeah. You know, the, the wife, the, every, the fam, everybody's, just, everybody's, you know, out. Mm. And now it's our world, you know? So it's like, no matter how, I remember back in the day with, with early on with Hugo, we'd start and we'd always talk about, man, we got to get started early, man. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. We would do it. We'd make it, you know, we'll come in the studio at one o'clock. But it would just be like bullshit, 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 bullshit till about tonight. ten. It was ah, uh, here we go. Yeah, it was just it, it's just you're fixed that way, you know. Yeah. What do you What do you? Because you know we live an alternative lifestyle. What do you What do you do? You know, what the, like say there's a, an engineer who's who's you know just graduated high school. He's 18, 20 years right. old, whatever, and and he's starting to live this life. What are some things you would tell him? You know, just to be mindful of. Yeah, and, uh, I would say I would say like you know it's hard to say it in retrospect because at mm-hmm. the time. Had I told myself I would have told myself to fuck off. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, wait, what are you trying to do? Yeah, exactly. Are you crazy? You know what I'm yeah. saying? But um, it, it is a different world. And now, because of technology, you're able to sort of work in your own space. You can kind of create your own home you studios now more right, than ever. Right. Like, to be honest with you, like, one of the things that happened is by me being at home more, to be honest, I do, I, I work better and I work mm-hmm. faster. Oh, so you work from the crib? Yeah, I, like, okay. yeah. So, what, what, what I used to have a little studio in Miami, but I bought a house in Atlanta and I built not. Not a nice studio. I'm saying it's like a nice little mix room for me, my little cave, you know. But I go in that world and I'm, you know, I'm left alone. And and what happens is with Pro Tools, it allows me to be working on a record. And if I'm burning out or I'm feeling like, yo, I, I just need a break, I can double click and be on another song. Mm. In the studio, like that's the artist paying for it. And we're not gonna work on somebody else's record. Oh, yeah, you can. But it gives it gives me good perspective because I'm able to compare songs. I could stop when I want, come back. Mm. So what I would say to somebody who's young is, you know, you have don't take that for granted because mm-hmm. back in the day you you had to be you burnt out quicker yeah. you know what i'm saying now you can kind of control your your workflow you know um, what time are you going to sleep nowadays four four or five yeah, every four, night yeah, yeah. Up like at what noon nah like 11 damn okay. yeah bro it, yeah. but you know what's crazy i'll go like obviously if i go on a family vacation or something what i'll do is like i'll just go hard the day before i'll go to like eight and just stay up and then that night i'll go to bed early because i'm tired and then, and then live a normal life on and vacation? Live a normal life on vacation because I'm getting up at 9 in the morning. But when I get home, like let's say I take a long vacation, which is rare, but if I, I go you know, with the fam, I get home and I'm like, damn, I'm on this morning schedule. I'm getting up around 9, you know, getting up around 8. During the pandemic? Yeah. I, I, like That's what happened <laughs> you, to me. I was like, when the club's closed, I'm like, wait, I kind of <laughs> yeah, like this life. Like yeah, the birds are chirping, you <laughs> yeah, wake up yeah. and shit. Like, you know, this is what everybody else is like. Yeah. You know? But then as I get back into my groove, slowly but surely, bro, yeah. my clock goes. Because like... After these many years, your body has like a circadian. Especially, yeah, you, bro. You've been I'm doing locked. how long? You thirty years, forty years. Thirty years, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, bro. yeah. yeah. I'm locked in that four to you know ten in the morning. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. But I mean, listen, there's definitely day, nights that I'll be like, man, I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed, you know, twelve. But I just generally out of all yeah. a year, ninety percent of it, I'm going to bed four thirty-five in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, bro. I mean, it's the same shit with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your day's I, off, I, right? I think, yeah, yeah. I, I, I say to people all the time, it's like a, another job just in itself to just control our schedule in a way that keeps us yeah, healthy. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like as far as eating, you know, what you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, back in the days, were, were you a drinker? Were oh, you like... Oh, God. Holy crap. Yeah. So me and my brother were like pretty wild. I mean, yeah. we weren't crazy, but we, you know... we. I mean, most people that do this... We got it in, yeah. So like, think about it. We're, during that time... We were getting, you know, I was getting the first taste of success, like money-wise as an engineer, you know, getting, and so, you know, think about this music shit, you're broke 
the majority of it. The first half you're broke, you know? Yeah. So I, I was coming out of that. I was making money. Then we got Pitt. Pitt came in. Pitt was a you know, part here too. Still is. Mm-hmm. Not crazy, but the three of us were, you know, it was, fun, it was funny. Right. So we, that was, but think about it. You're also young. So you had much more staying power. You'd right. go, we'd fucking be up all night and right. you know, whatever. We'd shake it off. But um, definitely what I would say is like, don't get caught in that too long. Do it. You know, you got to get out of your system and you got to celebrate. You got to enjoy the right, shit. Right. But like, you know, the club life, man, even for a DJ, yeah. you, that shit can burn you out. I tell people all the time, you bro, I work too much in, in it, the party. I don't necessarily participate in it there all the go, time. You you know? Know? Like, it's cool to be like, yo, bro, this could be a good night and whatnot. Every once in a while, yeah. When that becomes the majority of the shit, then you have a problem mm. because that shit could really like, to me, and really ultimately it'll hurt you because it'll hurt your career, you know? Yeah. So we definitely got wild. We definitely did some crazy shit, but overall over a span of time mm-hmm. nah we worked we just yeah. it, was, it was working you know is there anything else as far as lifestyle that you like to do like are you um you know what's funny man i said i don't really got hobbies bro it's funny dude yeah. like i'm a big i'm a big like i'm big into like learning shit like i'm into like science and shit like that yeah like biotech and all you know what's your sign huh what's your leo, sign leo. leo okay yeah yeah no i thought i think about <laughs> what this. are you scorpio, scorpio I, yeah. I think about this too bro i'm like I need a vacation, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think to myself, like, bro, what the fuck am I gonna do on vacation? It's because weird, right? because my life is a vacation. Yeah, you know, is. like most people, they live like a a, yeah. a a mundane life, and they want to escape that mundane life yeah. to just wild out and go on vacation. Yeah. But my life is a vacation, <laughs> so I, I don't really have. I don't know what I would do. Like, yeah. what am I gonna sit on a beach? I would yeah. lose my mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I haven't taken a vacation, bro. Yeah, like yeah. I need one. But my wife, yeah, my wife is the one that puts keeps me. Like, if I didn't have her in my life. I don't know, man. Because guys, you know, you leave us to our own, de- you know, devices, yeah. man. We we go right, run ourselves into the ground. Yeah. So she'll keep me like we'll go to the Bahamas and you know stay for four days. But you're right. It took me probably ten of those before I was like yeah. actually relaxing. Because yeah. I'd be on the beach after like a day or two. I'm like, all right, bro. Listen, I gotta. Yeah. I gotta keep like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 this is cool, yeah, but like, margaritas cannot drink. Yeah, like, like, exactly. So, but no, but then you also like look back on it and realize that, that should recharge, did recharge you, get your mind off of shit. So, yeah. I think like if you have a family, a wife, kids, whatever, you know, whatever your 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 scenario is, you know, you got to think of it like that's also a responsibility in that it's a schedule, right? Like, so if you're you're going five in the morning and you're booking yourself out, and then you got to cram in the family shit. Cause you can't, yeah, you, you gotta schedule not, that in too. Yeah, That's, and so yeah. it's not that it's work, but it is part of your schedule, like you yeah. know. And like, listen, just coming down right now, like I just came from Atlanta, I didn't get my passport, so I was up in Brickell. So I, you know, I got up at four in the morning this morning. I already slept twice today because mm-hmm. I went in the morning, boom, then went did that other interview, mm-hmm. and then went home, slept, showered, came in, seeing you. Then tomorrow I'm back. I'm in four, you know. Then I'm yeah. flying back home, and so if you if you can push yourself, but you know your limits, and you're able to schedule everything good. You're good, but you gotta have some time to yeah. decompress, man. You need. Yeah. What, what is your day like? What would like as far as outside of the studio? You know, mm. so, you know, you with the fam, but like, yeah. uh, like for example, like in the whip. Are you listening to music? Or are you more of like a silence guy? Are you yeah. a Podcast guy. I'm more of a podcast. Yeah, guy. I'm more of a podcast guy. Back in the day, I remember like leaving like the studio every night. I would put on AM radio, talk radio. It was funny. I just oh, didn't shit. want to hear shit. I was just yeah. like, you know what I mean? It would be some fucking UFO talk, whatever the fuck it was. It wouldn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I was just like, listen to that shit. And then little by little, I started getting in the pockets. You know, that started mm-hmm. becoming a thing. And then, like I said, I'm really into like you know, learning about shit. So like, you know, mm-hmm. like stuff that I thought I fucking hated in high school. Now I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, like I'm yeah. digging physics and I'm digging, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that, what, do you, that, what do you like to, like, are you, are you a Joe Rogan guy or what do you? Yeah, what do you I, like, I like Joe Rogan. Um. And because of the whole like the whole like regenerative medicine, there's all all this other shit. I'm in, yeah. I'm in, I'm a big tech head. Yeah, yeah it, it leads me down sort of like you know rabbit holes where I'm like discovered different people like Dr. Sinclair who's like right. real big with like I'm a big research. sleep the sleep guy. A sleep guy, yeah. The Dr. Sinclair, right? Oh, it's Sinclair, a- you're talking about no, but he does like a lot of the NMN and all the like like the okay. like the, D, the DNA 
really is it's genetics. Okay. Because that's where the new frontier medicine is, you know? Right. Like we're gonna, you know, we have a music revolution, we're gonna have that right. shit. Medicine's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's completely different from music, and that's the part that I like because it turns yeah. my head off from this. Right. You know what I mean? So Dope. Yeah, but yeah. but at the end of the day, I'm mean, listening to music now. But I'll put on like fucking like smooth jazz or like you know like you, I was gonna say yeah, recreationally. Like, that's what you're. Yeah, it's wild. Like the last three years, like in my house, like, in my house in Atlanta had the whole like the zone shit with all the sound systems everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I hooked, hooked all that shit up, and now I'm like, man, I throw in like dinner jazz. Wow, <laughs> it's just funny, man. It's like it just brings my temperature down. You know what I'm really liking, bro? Afrobeat, bro. Yeah, Afrobeat. Afrobeat yeah. is like, yeah, like yeah. R&B dance hall to me. It's yeah. Like, it's like, like background calm. music. You you don't think about how much that shit affects you during the day. Yeah. So if you're dealing like, because you know, like in my life, I've done obviously a lot of the music shit and all that, but I have a lot of businesses that are like like on the sort of the surrounding, you know, the mm -hmm. the circumference of music with different people. So I got a lot of shit going on. I, I do tend to spread myself thin in that sense because I, I like it. So there's times where I'm like, all right, you know what? I got a lot going on in my head. You know, you, you know when you can't sleep because you got so many ideas right, right. and what shit going on in your life? Yeah, you're right. That background music does it for you for the day. It kind of chills you, brings yeah. you down a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Have you always? I've always been this guy. Like, I can't focus on anything if music is in the background because I start paying attention to the music. <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. like I would never be able totally. to do work or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. funny, man. What but on? that background music though, like the coffee house shit, oh, yeah, or like yeah. you say, even the Afro, that shit kind of if you keep it low. It just yeah. yeah, it sets the mood to chill, chill you out a little bit. Dope, bro. Um, <laughs> is it as far as are you, are you? What are you working on now, man? How do you? How, first of all, Atlanta. What I mean, what, what were the motives to go to Atlanta? So Atlanta, Atlanta was something me and my wife talked about a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Just on some like having another place to live at. You know what I'm saying? Just another real experience. estate market is good. Shit, like yeah, 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 yeah. And back then, back then it was like shit. Atlanta was. Super, I mean, Atlanta's still affordable, but it was like super affordable. Mm -hmm. But um, my wife works in television. So she would fly through, you know, she started working at this company in New York and they were had her sent, they were sending her all over the country. She was like like an artist basically flying. So she would do like four states a week. Oh wow. So it would be like, let's for an example, like we would we would pack up, like if I would go with her on the road, like because I had my 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 gear, mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'm gonna go on the road with you this week, for example. We would leave on a Sunday night, boom, fly in the way, like say St. Louis. And we wake up in St. Louis, go Uber into the TV station, she would do a little five-minute spot. Uber to the airport, to the next town. Wow. And we do that for a week, come back on Sunday, pack it and do it over. Mm -hmm. So when we were doing that around the clock, I was like, you know, this trips I couldn't go with it because I was here, I'm working on my shit, you know? So then we were like, damn, they would fly through Atlanta. So we had family up there. So we're like, man, we should try to grab a spot up there. It'll save us a trip, you know? Plus it'll be a, a little different, you know, vibe. And then that kind of materialized into actually doing it. And so I think it was, was 18 that we moved up there. And we were looking for a while. We kept going up there. But what blew my mind was just the prices. I was like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because Miami's always been, yeah. you know, it's not, this, Miami's crazy expensive now, but it was always up there, you know? Mm -hmm. So we finally made the decision to sell our house here. So the plan was to have like a little townhouse here because, I mean, I'm obviously here all the time. Mm -hmm. My whole shit happens here. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we went up there and then we got the house and it was just a, it was just a dope experience. It was, it was kind of like the jazz music, bro. Mm -hmm. I decompress up there. It's funny. Uh, are, you, yeah. are, you, are, you, are you like I'm out like about, the way? Like in the, yeah, I'm in the color. But like I'm, north, I'm like northwest of Atlanta about 30 minutes. It's kind of like I lived out here when I was out, out west. Mm -hmm. from Miami, you know what I mean? So it's the same sort of situation. You got land and shit? Like it's yeah, more not, no, not, not major, like a half an acre. Okay. But, you know, we got a, a nice-sized house, and it's like, oh. you know, we, we did it because, like, you know, we got kids, and they everybody's like, you guys should downsize, because we had, like, a 6'4 here, which is a pretty big house in Florida. And then everybody's like, you guys should downsize, and we're like, nah, man, because then, you know, the family will grow, and 
we you know and it, it worked out because we got family comes down we got a, a big old house and people could stay and you know we're not on top of each other are you plugged into the atlanta scene over there like the music scene? a little bit i was already kind of plugged in because i'd worked you know at mm -hmm. patchworks before and i worked at um at, at tree sound and all those studios um but by the time i went up there everybody was already retreated at least the mixers were all retreating at home i was already mixing half my shit at, mm -hmm. at the house even here in florida so like when the pandemic happened Nothing changed for me. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm ready at home. You know what I mean? So I was gonna say, like, can you? Is there any light you could shed on like just the difference between like the the scene over there and over here as far as just I mean, the inner workings of the industry? Yeah, it's a different vibe. I like the, like the people are real cool. You know, there's there's that southern hospitality is real. You know what I mean? Like all the people that I've encountered have been real super chill people. Mm -hmm. um, but because I don't get out into the studios much, it's been more about sort of like where I live and, you know, like I've, I've been, I mean, obviously. It's your piece kind of in the cut. Like that's, yeah, yeah. It's been you. that. And, but, but even my experiences in going into, because I've gone in, back into Patchworks and a couple of studios to work. It's just the vibe. It's a different take on, on Miami. Plus Miami from where I was going 100 miles an hour in the studio to today is a whole nother Miami. I mean, you got a, a trillion people moved here that weren't even around back then. Yeah. You know, like the new Miami is right, right. all new people. You know. Right, right. For you, I'm sure you're like. Yeah, it's you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I love, the Latin shit is huge right here. Oh, no. I love it. I mean, listen, to me, look, Miami's in my DNA. Like, this is always going to be home. This yeah. is it. But that, to me, is almost like a nice little getaway, you know? So now, the back and forth, I'm enjoying it, man. I like it because I can come, get my energy, do what I got to do here. And then when I feel that, like, yeah, I need that break. And, and, and yeah. I back, had a, are, you, are you doing any uh, music on the Latin side? Have you done any Latin Um, A little bit. I worked with, uh, what's it that I did on the Latin side? Uh, Fuego. I did some Fuego shit a while back. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a, a couple albums for him. Um, and I know I'm gonna forget freaking names, bro. I'm terrible yeah. at this shit. But yeah, yeah, definitely did a bunch of a bunch Are of. Are you producing shit. anything? You're just busy um, with the engineer. Bit, a little bit. I'm doing mostly engineering now because I've gotten more in the business shit that I was doing. Like I'm doing more endorsement shit on the on the on the on the on the, on the engineer side or whatever, and a little business. And on the production side, it slowed down a lot only because like developing an artist is like people are like, why don't you do another one? I go, bro. Yeah, like, that shit is little, people understand how much yeah. it just takes so much of your now life social media now it's like correct 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 but production every once in a while I'll do like you know some remixes and shit like that Dope. but I'm not actively like looking for chasing that shit you know because yeah. I'm so I'm busy just like like the, the engineer constantly keeps me working yeah. you know what I mean yeah Um, your your endorsement with Waves oh yeah, yeah people yeah. that don't know you have um, you know the Waves plugins is, is, right. is you know industry standard for what yeah, everyone yeah, uses yeah yeah um, how did that happen? And, and, and that was funny because like we were in Florida and, you know, and the thing with my life has always been, you know, you get so wrapped up working around the clock that like people are like, why aren't you doing this? I'm like, bro, like when? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I'm working and I go to bed, I get up and I work again, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult to do like, like people hit me up, but you should be doing a YouTube channel. I'm like, bro, when? Like I was telling you earlier. Yeah, like how? Like how, bro? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so for me, I'm, I, I'm that, that was my thing. And at one point I remember, I think what happened is when I had my house in Florida, the, the, the one we sold. I had a little room, but it was like a writer's room. It was like a little mm -hmm. pre-production room for me to make beats, invite people over, just, you know, write. Mm -hmm. Not not maybe record a vocal in the room, but it wasn't anything fancy. Mm -hmm. But then I started working there more and more as technology allowed it. I was coming home and staying at home more, and I, that turned into a mix room. So at one point, I was like, listen, I want to gut this shit and make it into an actual room because I can't be mixing in here, you know? And so at that point, I was like, all right, well, let me put a budget together. You know, I got to build it. Let me get some equipment, blah, blah, blah. And my wife said to me, she's like, you know, I don't understand why you're like not working with these pro audio companies. I'm like, 
Yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> I didn't even think about Damn, it. Damn, wifey dropped the what? gem like that? Yeah, so she was like, let me put an email together. And she just threw an email and just shot it to everybody. Wow. And I, every, like, Abbott hit me. Fucking way, everybody hit me. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. I didn't think about it. Are you like the first engineer to have an endorsement deal? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, yeah, I've never heard of that, bro, before. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I mean, endorsements are real common. I mean, those guys are much bigger than me there in all these companies. But really what happened is, like, I've always had a little bit of uh, a luck and, and just been kind of blessed and being in the right place at the right time. And when Waves hit me, I talked to the, not the owner, but the head of, of Waves. Cause they're, they're, uh, they're based in Tel Aviv. They're, they're, oh, uh, shit. Yeah, they're in Israel. So he calls, he's like, yeah, man, let's, I would love to work with you. You know, let's build together. I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, they gave me a bunch of free shit. I got all my stuff for free, which is great. You know, I was like, cool. Um, and then, you know, we worked out a little plan or whatever. And he's like, look, maybe we'll do like a little tutorial thing. And I was like, all right, cool. No problem. So we, at, by that time, I was in Atlanta already. So they were like, well, let's just shoot up there. I'm like, you know, all right, cool. So we went. So in my, in my mind, I'm thinking, I did a little research what other people had done. And I was like, noticed that people weren't really given, like, you're talking to the people, but you're not really giving them anything. You're not telling them, yo, this is how you do this. Just one little thing. And to me, I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna do a little vocal change and show people up. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm not like I'm not afraid of people. No, there's no secrets. Anyway, <clears throat> so I did it. We shot it. In my mind, I'm thinking, all right, cool. An engineer, what am I gonna get? Freaking 5,000, 10,000 views, you know, whatever, cool. But that's what what kind of got me going into the endorsement thing is because that video really did well. Like I don't know what happened or who got a hold of it, or was it because I gave some little gems away? Mm -hmm. But that shit got two million views. So I was like, you know, I was like, it blew me away. I'm like, what the yeah. what's going on? And I'm thinking maybe Waze is pushing the button and you know, um, you know, pushing it and advertising. And they're like, we're not doing shit. This is just going. I'm like, wow. So then that kind of opened my eyes a little bit more. And then so I started attending like Nat, you know, Nam, and I did a talk at the Avid stage and I got an endorsement deal with Avid and then Amphion and all these other companies. So that kind of turned me on to the business side of what I do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I've been at for a while. It's not that it's super complicated, but it's just another element that allows me to. You know what I mean? Right. Pass but, some knowledge down too. Yeah, pass knowledge down and just do, you know, like some opportunities for myself as far as like, you know, diversifying what I do. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, what is your what does your home studio look like nowadays? Like um, are you have a do you have a board, like a no, controller, no, or you just no, own no. the laptop? Yeah, I built like a custom desk where it has like enough room for my laptop and I got like um a slate digital um controller, mm -hmm. you know, built in or whatever. And man, it's the laptop. I got my, you know, my Dutch and Dutch mains and I got a pair of uh Amphions. Real small, I mean, fabric, you know, it's done nice. Everything in the laptop. Everything in the laptop, bro. I got my two chairs, man. I got a sub packet I use, which I love that shit. It's funny. Pro Tools? Uh, Pro Tools, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I got a bunch of, because because of the endorsements, I got like freaking every virtual synth and the, 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 all the shits, you know. The but, gold platinum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pack the, the fucking. Right. But yeah. but really, honestly, for what I do, all my go-to stuff is there. And, you know, it's cool because I get to beta test a lot of this stuff before it comes out. And mm -hmm. we do a lot of, like, work together and plugs and stuff. And there's a lot of, like, things I got coming out that are going to come, people see with Waves or whatever. Outside uh, of Pro Tools, what, what do you do? What do you, what do you, do you have anything else, any other I mean, programs I, you like to use as far yeah, as DAWs? That yeah, well, the one of the, the one DAW that, like, I had, like, a love-hate relationship with, with uh, Ableton. And actually, Ben, Ben Billions, he was like, man, you got to learn it. And I was like, all right, fuck it, let me learn it. Because you know, I knew Logic. Once you know yeah. one, you kind of know them all. Yeah, yeah. But live, you know, uh, Ableton's real different, you know? Yeah. So at the time, I remember uh, I, I, I was, you know, trying to figure it out. And I wanted to throw my fucking laptop out the window. But I was That's the one dog I stayed away from, dog. Bro. I it, never really. I know, right? So I battled through it, though. And I got out there. It took me about a week or two, you know, working. I just made me make sure. Because at the time, I was really producing. Like, me and Ben were producing together a lot. And lunch and all that, you know? So I made myself get to the point where I was making music on it. And then once I came out of that, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, now I get it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I like the sound of it. And, 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 and one of the beats that I made um, at the time, uh, um, this is years back, uh, Khaled was in New York. 
And Ben was working with Cal at the time. And he's like, yo, you know, Kanye's asking for some sort of whatever it was at the time. So I made the beat on live and Kanye loved the shit. And so that would make me go, oh shit, yeah, I'm keeping oh, this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Put the battery in your back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, but, but, but then as I went on, I ended up producing, I honestly brought a lot in Pro Tools because I know that so well. Yeah. And I already got all my shit there, you know? Do you think there's a difference in the Sonics? Because I was, I was at, um, with Cool and Dre, I was at their studio yeah, and they were just telling people. me, they were telling me that, this was years back too, and they're like, bro, you have to go back to FL. Like, because uh, it's yeah. like an industry standard. It like is. It, the 808 just hit a, different. It's like, a sound, yeah. yeah they, all, they all do have a sound. Because remember, even now, like, feature-wise and what they can do, Man, every one of the freaking dolls that are out there are all amazing, right. right? Even Cakewalk, all this shit, everything is great. But they all have a sound, that's for sure. Like, I, I, I love the low-end sound of, of, of Ableton oh, and, and, and FL because yeah. Trap is FL. Like, right. you want to sound like Trap, you better do it on FL. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's a nuance, but it, when you, you know, when it's you It's almost like it, when you say something sounds warm or like a certain correct. sound, it's a certain correct. thing with the 808. Yeah, like Logic just... has a very sheeny R&B sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not no more because now it's evolved. Right. But back then, you could, I could hear when someone gave me a Logic session. I was like, yo, this yeah. is crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, when, yeah, I went from Logic to FL, bro. <laughs> right, and right. I was always like, bro, my drums just don't hit in Logic, bro. I went to FL and I didn't use a limiter. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything's red, but this shit is thumping, yeah. bro. And, it don't, and, and, you know, and think about it. What, like, like, I, like I was saying earlier, like once one guy hits with certain sound, that's all it is, man. People, yeah. the, once the audience is, I like it and I want more of that, like they, they like the old saying, give the people what they want, right? So that should work. Why are you going to give it the wheel? Do it till the wheels fall off. How do the next thing comes, you know? How do you feel about, I mean, there's a, there's a format that a lot of big producers are, are doing now and it's like loops and shit and splice and now producers are getting with loop makers and there's producers out there that just make loops. Yeah, and then yeah, they send yeah. it to a producer who just puts the drums and it's, it's yeah. collaborative, it's cool, but it it's is, like it is. some different shit, bro. It is. You know, like, and, and songwriting's gotten like that too. I mean, I mean, not gotten, it's been like that for a minute where you get a song, it would start and, you know, let's say the label liked it or an artist or a manager or whatever and then they would go and like another writer would come in and rewrite this and then another writer and before you know you had freaking like between the producers and all their you know sub producers and contributors mm -hmm. and on the writer side you got seven people writing the record be like you know 20 people on a record yeah. which is wild to me i feel like it, it has its positives and negatives because mm -hmm. you can polish the record to it's like perfection which is it's happened mm -hmm. but you could also just take the life out of it after yeah. a while. You know what I mean? Cooks in the kitchen. Gonna yeah, and then you like, think, you go back and listen to the demo, you're like, you know, that demo shit was as raw way it was. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So you can kind of overproduce it, you can overwrite shit. But overall, though, no, I, I think it's helped because. And splice, I, are, you, are, you, are you a. Nah, I'm not a really big splice guy. Yeah. But I mean, listen, I appreciate it, you know? Yeah. But splice to me is like, I mean, it's like another tool to do the same thing we all do anyway. It's like sampling. It's like it's sampling. It's sampling, and it's another version of sampling. Now, like, if they say a record goes so crazy that it was identifiably done by Splice, then maybe you'd go make a record on that because to chase that, you mm -hmm. know, vibe. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I don't think there's you can't do it, you know, because it's not like a, a sample is going to be sampled by Splice be so much better. Right. There's shit that does what Splice does too, you know what I mean? I was always just a sampler. <coughs> yeah. And when that I mean, era came, man. when that Scott Storch era came, when you had to start playing everything, I was like, I hate this shit. Uh, for I can't real? That's play. funny, man. Yeah, because yeah. I started saying, like, I, I would just, you know, I didn't come from sampling, like, digging records. I came from fucking cool edit and, and, and yeah, downloading yeah, 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 MP3s yeah, yeah, on Napster yeah, 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 and taking yeah, yeah, loops yeah. and sampling in the MPC yeah. and shit, you know? And then, was built on that, man. Exactly. You know, it had, that's the part about sampling that, like, I know it's a nightmare and the clearance and all the craziness, but... Mm -hmm. The essence of hip hop was that. But when Storch came, I also liked it in that, like, because think about it, when Storch came in the scene, it was really Dr. Dre came in the scene. You know right. what I mean? Because Scott was playing everything. Right. And he's a crazy musician. So to, to a degree, I liked it because it was like, damn, that's dope. Like, right, right. Oh, music. yeah, you definitely appreciate the, oh, the, the musicianship yeah, of it, you exactly. know? 
But, but yeah, frustrated. I, it's like, I can't do that. I well, can't me and my brother had to think of we're one stringer productions, bro. Like, what do you, yeah, what do you do? I love yeah. just chopping samples and quarter <clears throat> quarter bars and just stabbing them yeah, up and yeah, doing some dope yeah, yeah. shit, you know. But, but you still do that. Yeah, now you can. Yeah, now you can. You know. Yeah, but I mean, even even when Scott was doing it, and he was at his heyday and he was like peaking. There were still producers like that were sampling, like you know, just Blaze and yeah. I mean a million of them. We're yeah. still doing the the, the hip hop shit working just as yeah. well, you know. But um. Yeah. Scott just brought that new energy, you know? It was yeah. a new polished energy, which is dope. Yeah, no, it's it amazing. Uh, speaking of Scott's story, I mean, not him per se, but do you have any crazy studio stories that you oh could? You don't goodness. have to I drop, got too many, man. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to drop any names, but do you have we'll any? We'll have the names anything? for yeah. yeah, yeah. No, for sure, man. There was there was definitely like, like... Any crazy person that had like a bubble machine when they were... Like any wild... Oh, I mean, yeah. Like definitely there was like artists, especially when we were recording or tracking, like putting the club lights in the studio and mm -hmm. fucking fog machines. It was like a club in there and shit. Yeah. That would happen a lot. But it was more like, I think, like just the personalities. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I remember with Cash Money one time, we were like... I think, and mind you, this is before like Wayne was even like Wayne was a little kid. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking the, late '90s now, right? We're talking yeah. about when, right? When uh, uh, Juvenile, Juvenile was like yeah. their, 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 you know, main artist. Right, right, right. So I remember one time we were in, we were in Circle House working, and you know they would come with the bus. They'd come 50, 60 deep. So we're, we, I go out to the pool room to go get, um, I think it was, I think it was Baby I was getting. Well, anyway, someone to come and prove a mix, and I go in there, bro, and the shirts are off. There's chains on the fucking pool table. Mm -hmm like a hundred grand or you know playing yeah and smoked out it was crazy mm -hmm. and you walk in that scene i remember looking at my sister like we live in a crazy world yeah but but definitely like there was some crazy characters have been in and out of studios and i'm sure there's stories i even forgot but there was just interesting characters bro yeah that people that would be like what the fuck is he doing and then be come out and be like whoa okay that's what yeah that's just that gets him going you know like just know, yeah. Just creative know, people are weird, bro. You know, yeah. So, like I think was it like Wayne has like porn like playing in the studio yeah, or some yeah, shit yeah, when yeah. he records. Like what? There's no other thing. Yeah, you and then can when you like, and when you're in a studio, when you're like, you know, in three different rooms, you could literally walk three different universes. Like yeah. you know, what I'm saying <laughs> you walk in, John's working, fucking porn songs, crazy yeah, walking yeah. down the room, and they got candles, everything's chilled yeah. out, zen. I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? But That's no, cool. I mean. Anything Without that, mentioning any names, yeah, yeah people yeah. got crazy, jumped in the pool. I remember when I worked at 50, like, he had just got off the road, and he came in, all the freaking, everybody was, you know, back then I was wearing the freaking, you know, the, the vest, the, the mm -hmm. bulletproof vest and shit, and everybody jumped in the pool. It was hilarious to watch. So it was like a pile Dropping of in the fucking, pool of bulletproof vests? That's yeah, wild. no, but it was a pile of bulletproof vests and guns and shit on the side of the pool. It was like a picture, man. I'm like, damn, I should have taken a picture of that shit. It was hilarious. Oh, uh, shit. But yeah, people got wild, but I, I don't think anybody got stupid crazy. I mean, definitely a few that got yeah. you know, loose, but I mean, I should, I got crazy stupid loose too. Yeah, yeah. People get stupid. But overall, people were just weird. Like, not weird, but I'm going to say like different, you know? Like, yeah. you just see people that Creatives are Creatives like, are, you know? Creatives always, yeah. They always surprise you with something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Man. Yeah, and, and, and there's some crazy stories, but if I tell them, it'd be hard without mentioning the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Any Anything else you want to... Um, Promote anything else you want nah, to I mean, touch I'm not on? Really, I, like, I'm not really, I never really promote anything, but you know, just like, like your I'm, social media, so people can follow. Yeah, mine are all. Uh, I'm at Ludias and then Ludias.net. You know, I'm selectively working all the time, doing. I mean, like I said, I'm involved in a bunch of other projects or whatever, and uh, I, you know, I, I like keeping it open, man. I like, I, I love that shit. I love this whole evolving shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it keeps shit interesting because it, I, like we we're saying before, it is nice to keep a standard, but at the same token, then it gets stagnant. So right. even if the change isn't something I like, right. 
I like to change. Yeah, I went, I went on a rant on Twitter two, <laughs> two, two days ago, bro, talking about, because as a DJ, I'm telling artists, and I even said it, and I, and, and I said this, and because there's so many people in the hip-hop world that aren't Spanish speakers, they don't understand how Bad Bunny could be. I'm telling Bad Bunny might be bigger than Michael Jackson oh, eventually. Oh, yeah, bro. You know it's what I'm huge. saying? They're huge. So he's telling out state crazy. No, and, the wow. people, and I'm trying to explain to someone who doesn't speak Spanish that this music, that why is he so big? Is it his lyrics? I'm like, bro. And I told him, I'm like, and this is just something I say because I say crazy shit without thinking about it. But and I by say, the way, you're Spanish, man. You get your Spanish. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost fluent. Yeah, yeah, man, I love it. But I told people, I said, you cannot, you will never be the greatest of all time if your average BPM of your catalog is below 85 beats per minute. You can't, you, in my opinion, it was not, just my right. opinion. You know no, what I'm saying? No, but that's the DJ opinion, which right. is true. It's, right. Yeah, yeah. You cannot be the, it's like these artists, they just go right to 70 BPM, 65 BPM, 75 BPM, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. stay there and make the same song over yeah. and over. And I'm redundant. Like, bro, yeah. even the promoter. It's funny how, like, from a DJ perspective, you notice that shit so much. I tell artists, I tell them, I tell yeah. them, I tell them. If you send me a record, and, and some of them don't know what BPM means, I have to explain to them. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell them, if you send me a record that is over 90 BPM, you have three times the chance that I play it over a record that you send me that's below yeah. 80 BPM. Yeah, yeah. And they don't understand that. I'm like, yeah, bro, yeah. because with this BPM, it's such, this BPM is saturated. You're competing with Lil Baby. You're yeah, competing with the, yeah. but a DJ wants to play all, a DJ has to play all different types of BPMs. Yeah. I gotta, I can't yeah. just give you yeah. The appetizer the whole night. Yeah, I got to yeah. give you dessert, yeah, entree, yeah. vegetables, fruit. So I got to give you all type of vibes. Yeah. So when that shit is saturated, you're, you're fucked. So you're, what happens you're, you're when I have to room. go to 120 BPM, 118 BPM? I'm still playing piccolo. I'm still playing. I'm so hot grind <laughs> mode. I'm still and they still go off. They still go off. Yeah. But I'm, so I'm, I'm trying to explain to artists like, yeah. bro, fill that void. Like yeah, fill yeah, that yeah. void, you know. Like, you know what it is? I, that's one thing I, that I, I, I appreciate an artist too. Is like I like when artists surprise you. Like I know you got. You know, it, it's hard. It takes balls to do it because when you build a, an audience and they, they like you for what you're doing, it's hard to be like, let me throw them a little, Yeah. you know what I mean? Because I know, I, I, that makes sense. I, I see why you wouldn't do it. But I do respect when artists do that shit. Right. And sometimes it works great, you know? Right. Because that's evolution. That's really like, and your audience, believe it or not, if your audience really fucks with you, you it, it'll work, you know? Yeah. So like, I, that's why I like artists that, and believe it or not, artists who have staying power, you're right. They move around, bro. They give you different shit. You're yeah, like, like oh, you're not afraid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I Instagram pictured uh, Bad Bunny's track list on my Serato with all the BPMs in order. Right. And you have, he has songs 70, 74, 78, Correct. 81, 83, 85, 90, 95, 100, 15, 110, 117, 118. Right. He has all, he's, and I think that is an underrated aspect of what artists really need to yeah. understand is, is, is hop on all yeah, and, and 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 you're talking about you know like rhythmic. You're talking about like because obviously speed's a better you know a, a, a much more party feel, but even like the same thing in flavors. Like as far as like lyrics or content or what it's about, mm -hmm. it's dope to be like you know sometimes you'd be talking about the same shit every record. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, listen, the audience got a, a short term, you know, uh, I guess attention span today, yeah. and that's because of social media. Right. So you kind of got to give them what they like, but. When you start giving the variety, I think it just makes it raises like your audience up a right. little bit. You know what I mean? I told some young producers. Like, don't be afraid. Them, I told them I'm like I want to challenge you. I want you to send me a pack that is over 90 BPM, and you cannot use an 808. <laughs> that's dope. Uh, uh, that's, you know, that's hard. But yeah, but yeah. we need grooves back. Yeah, we need bass yeah. lines back, no, bro. Because your, I think yeah, the 808, yeah. and this is from someone who's like the master of 808. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's tired no, already, right. bro. No, it I'm makes everything redundant because you can't, I'm with you have you. no groove in the low end to bring different yeah. bops and different pockets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know like, what I'm noticing though, which is good. And I think, you know, I, I have faith that in the new generations, you're going to get more of a mix of shit. You know, like, mm -hmm. like, 
being in Atlanta made me go to Nashville a few times to work. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the whole Atmos thing now. You know what I mean? We're mixed, which is, by the way, another. That's what I want to talk to you about. Bro, that shit is crazy. We had a tough talk about that. But so going to Nashville, not to say Nashville's a country town, but of course, country music is big there. But even in, like I hear the trappy boom vibe entering and getting into the country vibe. Right, right, right. And that shit works fucking great. Sounds good, that yeah. Shit sounds like a movie. So I'm thinking, man, that's dope. Like, So to me, I feel like that, just that, two styles that are super opposite of each other mm-hmm. coming together will bring something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it'll just start changing shit up. Right. So like we were saying, do a record with no boom? Fuck yeah, do a record with no boom because yeah. it just eliminates something that forces you to do something else, you know what I mean? Right. So I feel like the new generation is coming up. I have faith that, because everybody's going to get tired of hearing the same shit. Eventually, you're going to have one guy say, let me try this. Does a then, 120, and it's and like, holy boom, shit. Now we're all back on this shit. You know what I'm saying? That's why, and that's what gravitated me toward Latin more, and almost yeah, yeah. my parties are Latin, because it seems like the hip-hop crowd now, they're in a box, and they only yeah, want to hear yeah, a certain, yeah, but Latin, yeah. you could play 70 BPM, 90, you could play Bidembo. Yeah. Dominican music is huge right now. Yeah. It's 120, yeah, 125. Yeah. So I feel like I love that the Latin culture is accepted to all different yeah, types of speeds right. and tempos. You yeah, know? they're just don't, they're not so they're not so pigeonholed in one in one right you know vibe. And the other thing too, I was going to say to you, man. Now that you know Spanish real, mm-hmm. Spanish is a real it's a real expressive language. You know what it's I mean? Poetic. Like right, like in other words, there's more words. So like it's now you know growing up here but being fluent in spanish made me realize after i really learned english real well i was like yo we are we're limited like like i can say this in five different ways in spanish right so that's why songs sometimes when you say shit you're like damn like call you know like what you loved about what i love about biggie right it was like how expressive how you get fucking paint right. pictures paint pit, yeah you know what i'm saying Bad Bunny, they got they got a palette, man. It's amazing. And then another thing I did, because Lou, I'll be honest with you, me studying Spanish as hard as I did for five That's years, crazy, didn't I used music. Music helped, because right. la- language is music. It is. It is. It is. What I like about Spanish is that Every first of all, it's the second fastest language. So every syllable in Spanish is short. It's ta. Right. So when you're hearing Spanish, it's almost like I would compare vo- English vocals. Say they're like a certain type of saxophone, right. but Spanish vocals are more that that they're percussive because the right. language is more percussive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you hear someone sing or right. vocals in Spanish, it's more ta 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 ta. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, staccato. It's, the yeah. syllables are yeah 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 yeah. You know, that's true. Which which is dope to me. Um, that's crazy, bro. But. but yeah, brother. Oh, um, oh, yeah. So in Winwood, they have the first Atmos. Um, oh, it's club. Y- yeah, That's a, a studio mixing room in oh, there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, and, gotcha. And, All right, cool. And, and um, so yeah, how do you feel about that now? That's a whole. I love thing. it, Apple's man. Pushing. That's just amazing, man. You know, like surround sound for a while was there. We're always like, yeah, cool, whatever. But you know, basically, you mix in stereo. You know, because surround was always for movies. You know what I mean? But then once Apple jumped in and Tesla jumped in, and we're like. We're gonna go with spatial audio, and for those who don't know, like you know, everybody knows what a surround sound system is now, right? When they call it a five point one, that means mm-hmm. just five speakers and a subwoofer. That's yeah, what the yeah. five. The, the, that, that, most people you're listening to music with a left and a right speaker, left just right. two speakers. Stereo. Now they have five. You have sounds right. behind you. So now when you listen to music, you might hear a, a, a sound behind you that moves from right. the left to the right. right and shit. And you're like, well, how? It's right. a new technology. Well, but the, so the five point one is left, right, center. And rears and then a subwoofer. Right. That was the standard that we all watch movies and we all did that shit for a while. Then it went to seven one, where it was like seven speakers, and now we're at nine point one four, which is Atmos is what Atmos is is they added uh, top speakers. Really? So we got yeah. So we have like the smallest format is left, left, center, right, uh, side, side, rear, rear, and four at the top. So what's crazy about it is you get this thing called phantom audio, where between the speakers you can place a sound that's coming from right there, but there's two speakers. So like, listen, surround was dope, 
But when I, I went to Nashville, I went to John McBride's room, uh, Blackbird Studios, mm -hmm. and I heard like my first Atmos mix, that shit blew my mind. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Because it's like, if you love music, I don't care what kind of music you love, mm -hmm. but any record you love that was mixed in Atmos, that shit will blow your mind. Because it's like a 3D version of the song. Right. You know what I mean? Like, bro, I don't know if you, have you done it yet or no? What? When I, when I get listen to a mix in Atmos, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say, I, I, feel like I've, I feel like I've done it. I have, I have these new Apple. These, All right, cool, these... cool. But in an Atmos room. Oh, bro, no, I've never Shit been is that. wild. Yeah. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. So I, I already done a couple of mixes in Atmos, you know, in that world now. And I love it because I love what I do. But now it's like, yeah, like you said, like the reverb tails can like go over your head behind you. Like, yeah. it's crazy. How do you conceptualize the music now? Obviously, you you want the drums to stay in the middle, right? Yeah, like, that's the thing. That the, the challenge has been that you kind of lost your center a little bit. Everybody mm -hmm. went so wild. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yo, bro, let's keep the kick right here in the center. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. So you can get crazy. But I mean, I've been working on it for a very little time, but because it's a new, it's a basically a new, you know, I mean, people have been working for years, but so um, you know, it's not a it's not like a super, you know, super new industry. But it's now becoming the new thing. So it's it's a young you know mm -hmm. format that music is accepting. So it definitely takes it to a level in that you know like you got to rethink it. You got to think, all right, well, what are we keeping in the middle? You know, like what's the center? Because with snare is easy. You know, kick a snare is always going to be mono right, in the right. middle. Now it's like, well, I can put the kick over here. Like Beck, the artist Beck did a record. Right. His vocals are behind you the entire time. Wow. So you're listening to the song and you're like, yo, this is wild. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? He's like behind me. Yeah. You know, and you could really, it feels like he's behind you, which yeah, is wild. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, because I was talking with Derek, like back in the day, like you had the stereo imagery with a band in a live room and you could right, still right. kind of position people in ways. Yeah. That now you could do that. Like I heard like one of the big records that they, they did in Atmos to sort of demo everybody that Dolby Atmos Labs. Matter of fact, Dolby Atmos Labs uses that room that I was in at, um, at, at Blackbird as the official room. So I heard, uh, um, what's the song by uh, Elton John, uh, Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit was good. like because you know the dope part about the I'm forgetting the engineer who did it, but he started like a stereo mix, so which is dope. So he started it out, and you're like, okay, when the mix like automated, yeah, like out. as the record opened up, Holy like two guitars jumped up, and shit went over your head. You're like, what the fuck, yo? But, but what's happening though? It's just like uh, just things are just panning different ways. Yeah, they're or? called objects. They're called objects. So like right now, you pan left and right, mm -hmm. or you can do like auto panners. You can do some spatial shit with like phasing. Which is cool, but it's not actually that, you know? But now, you're, it's like, imagine taking a joystick in a 3D sphere right. and just moving the sound wherever you want. I'm trying to think how you would apply that to music, though. You would just, I can see you doing cool things with percussion and shit. Yeah, you know I mean, saying, it, like, it depends. Like, for example, you got like, like, it depends on the song. So, like, let's say you have something that's a signature sound. You know, sometimes people have a signature, like, say, Rocket Man by Elton John. If you look at that record in the hook when it says Rocket Man, it has like a, like a siren kind of sound that goes, eh, mm -hmm. that when you hear it in the song, oh, you'll go, I remember that. Well, they have that shit lift off over your head oh, or come from behind you. Got you. You know, and so, like, when the song starts, you hear Elton John singing and the band's like in front of you, you know, just like a regular stereo mix. And then when the hook comes in, the acoustic guitars are here. So when that shit opens up, you're like, the stereo field just fucking, yeah, <laughs> it's like nuts. wild, yeah. And shit goes over your head. You know, it's because you can place it so it makes you go like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Which is dope. It's just a new experience. It, 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 to me, it elevates what we do to a better experience. So for me, I'm excited about more and more people getting the actual setup at home because you down mix the spatial audio, you down like mix the club, the, bro. Like, like a club, know. yeah. Now, I mean, I don't know how well it would work, but I mean, it might if you have it set up right where the people are sitting in, it would have to be in the middle. I think it would have to be a small a more, room. Yeah, 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 more of a musical experience vibe. But I don't know, you know, I don't know. I, I, I definitely know that the big companies are behind it, which makes everybody go and invest. Right. You know, like I'm right now, I'm ripping my room apart. And, really? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm working in Nashville a lot doing it, but now I'm, I'm going all Atmos now, yeah. Dope, bro. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Shit. Just, you know, new, new possibilities, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah. 
Lou Diaz, uh, yes, sir. social media, one more time. Uh, I am at Lou Diaz, Lou Diaz.net. Simple. My brother, love. Thank you bro, for pulling up, bro. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, for yes, sure, bro. Anytime, man.